0: Hi, this is Hear Her Sports and I'm Elizabeth Emery. Today's guest is Stacia Suttles, AKA The Natural. She is from the Bronx, New York and is an amateur boxer on Team USA. At five years old, Stacia won an enormous trophy in martial arts, so has a long history in combat sports. However, she only started boxing in 2014. A year later, she made it all the way to the finals in the New York Daily News Golden Gloves in the Barclays Center. At that point, she got serious. She returned and won the Golden Gloves twice in 2016 and 2017. Stacia is also 2016 National Golden Gloves Silver Medalist, 2015 Metro Champion, 2016 USA National Champion, and 2017 International Gold and Bronze Medalist. She is now in full-on prep mode for Tokyo 2020 Olympics at 132 pounds. We talk about having an Olympic goal, being relatively new to the sport, coming back from losses, signing with a modeling agency, women in boxing, making weight, motivating others, and a lot more. It was really fun to talk to Stacia, and I learned a lot about tactics and the importance of jabs. So let's get to it. Welcome, Stacia. It's really great to have you here, and thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Sure. I want to start out with... I read a quote that you said that you were born to fight.
1: Oh, yeah. Um... Well, I've always felt that way, that I was born to fight because I've always, like, been in martial arts since I was young. Like, I did um, karate at the age of four and did that for, like, three, four years, and then I did taekwondo until, like, 15, 16 when I got my black belt. And um, the only time that I didn't do a martial art was when I went away to college for like a year. So I've always felt like it since I was young because I've always loved it. It was like the one sport that I really loved. Like I played other sports, but it was always martial arts that I loved and always wanted to go back to.
0: Why did you like it so much?
1: I guess um, the main reason was because it was like a single kind of sport. Like it's all on you. Like if you lose your match, it's because of you. If you win your match, it's because of you kind of thing. Um, I guess it was because of that, like basketball, I played that all four years of high school. And um, I didn't like the whole depending on other players
0: kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. (laughs) That's funny. But fighting is definitely different than say, you know, like doing a marathon or something. There's something particular about combat sports.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, martial arts, I feel like it teaches you, like, so much in your life. Like, it'll teach you a lot in, like, the sport, but it'll teach you a lot outside of the sport. So, I think that's another reason why I like it as well. Like, doing martial arts growing up definitely disciplined me and helped me to become the person that I am today.
0: What do you think martial arts teaches you that some of the other sports that you've done haven't taught you?
1: Not giving up, I think. Um, I think, like, let's say for basketball, for instance, it's easy to, like, Uh, you know, give 75% of yourself. But if the rest of the team is giving 100%, then and you guys still win, then it's, you know, you're fine. But in in martial arts, like, you can't really give up, like, if you're giving up on yourself, you know, you're gonna lose, or you're not going to do well in your match. And it's, you know, it's going to show and everyone's going to see it, you're going to see it. And then also, I think the aspect of, going through ups and downs. I think all sports teach you that, but martial arts in particular definitely teaches you it in a, and I guess in a harsher way, like you go through ups and downs and your downs are, you know, they're really going to be seen. You're really going to see it. They're really going to be shown for you. And then it's, you know, the way that you get back up from it.
0: Right, Right. You were a really sporty kid. You've done a lot of sports. So how did that end up happening? Like, do you have a sporty family?
1: Well, I've always loved sports, like, since a young age, but I think it's just because, like, my dad, he's, like, an army dad, <laughs> so he's, like, yeah, you guys aren't staying inside all day, and I was okay with that, and my brother also, like, he, he liked doing sports and all that, so, yeah, I don't know, I just always loved it, like, my brother, he had a skateboard when I was younger, and I would always steal it from him, and, like, skateboard and everything, and then finally I got my own, and I, would like, rode bikes since I was young and swimming, so, I don't know, I just loved it.
0: Let's uh, talk a little bit about sort of details about boxing. Uh, You got started pretty, pretty recently you started.
1: Yeah, I started about four years ago, about four and a half now. And yeah, I I just started because like I said, when I went away to college, I wasn't doing anything and I'd gained that freshman 15. So when I came home, I was like, um, all I was doing was working retail, which I didn't really like too much, but I want to get back into a sport to kind of like ground me again, like get me back on like a I guess kind of like a schedule even though like when I first started I wasn't like particularly on a schedule it was just something for me to do for fun and but I liked it and then eventually I started doing it like it progressed like the first couple weeks that I was going it was only like two two days a week and then when I progressed it was like almost five to six days a week that I was going
0: and what kind of workouts did you do when you first started were you I mean I assume that you weren't hitting people
1: yeah, no, when I when I first started it was just basic stuff like um shadow boxing, hitting the mitts with my coach and um just hitting the the heavy bags and stuff like that. But it was it was really basic. Um I had already had a background like with my martial arts in taekwondo, so I kind of skipped a few steps. Um but yeah, it was pretty basic. I wasn't like sparring yet. I didn't spar until like a couple months after I started and stuff like that.
0: How does sparring start? Does your coach just decide that you're ready and Puts you out there,
1: yeah, pretty much. Um, I didn't really push the issue of sparring because, like I said, it wasn't like something that I was like, not that I didn't want to do it, but it wasn't like my main goal, I guess you could say. So, yeah, like one day he was just like, Yeah, do you want to spar? And I said, Sure. And then we just went in there, he uh, put some headgear on me, got my gloves on, and then went in there and sparred,
0: <laughs> right. I've taken a few classes at, you know, the title boxing, and I was really surprised at how different hitting a person was than hitting the heavy bag.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different. And it takes getting used to. That's why, like, people, when they only have, like, a little bit of experience and they want to go fight, it's like, just slow down, slow down.
0: You know, <laughs> this is, it takes steps to get to that. Right, right. So what are your workouts like?
1: Um, well, now I work out two to three times a day, five to six days a week. And usually I'll in the morning, I'll wake up like 5am and I'll run at like six and I'll do like cardio in the morning. And then um, then I'll do strength and conditioning. Somet- sometimes I do strength and conditioning if I'm like uh, leading up to a fight, which is like weights and stuff like that. And then I'll have like a two to three hour boxing workout in the afternoon.
0: Right. And you mentioned doing cardio and uh, strength training. Are those the only cross training that you do? Um, or do you even count those as cross-training?
1: No, I don't count those as cross-training because it's pretty much what I have to do with, for boxing. Um, but if it were considered cross-training, then yeah, that's pretty much what I do. But sometimes like in the summer, I'll go on like bike rides and stuff. But I want to consider that training. I just consider it fun, like going on bike rides or like other athletic stuff that I do.
0: Right, right. And do you do yoga, meditation or any other mind training? Boxing seems really mental to me.
1: Yeah, it is a hundred percent mental. I actually started talking to a sports psychologist to like get my mental right for like the next upcoming year to two years leading up to the Olympics. Um, but yeah, I do I do yoga sometimes. I want to do it a little bit more. Um, I'm getting more into it, and then I meditate every morning. Well, almost every morning.
0: I try to. Mm-hmm. Has that helped?
1: Yeah, it's definitely helped. I'm also like getting into visualization, so it's definitely helped with. Um, myself like uh just calming myself down and not uh not putting so much pressure on myself that's what it's really helped with and then like also living in the moment not like oh if i win this i can do that like just living in the moment like to try to win this kind of thing Mm. um i haven't fought yet since i started meditating every day so we'll see what happens (laughs) right (laughs) what do you think makes a good boxer um being able to listen and Just discipline, for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. And what are your strengths?
1: I think my strengths are being able to listen, even though my dad might, (laughs) might not say the same. But, yeah, I think being able to listen because when you're, when you're in like, especially like at the Olympic training center, you have all these distractions. Like there's sometimes 20, 30 of us, you know, you, you might be distracted, want to talk to the person next to you. But if someone's talking, like if a coach is talking to you, you have to sit down and actually listen to them, but not just like hear what they're saying, but like listen to what they're saying and understand what they're saying, you know, not like think about other things in the moment. So I think meditation is helping with that also. I think that's probably my, like, my biggest strength. And then also, like, wanting to, wanting to learn more, I think, is, a, is something that you should definitely have for boxing and that's something that I think I have.
0: And what are you working on most right now, trying to improve?
1: Um, what I'm working on most, probably the main thing would be to live in the moment and not, like, think so far ahead. That would probably be the main thing that I'm working on. And then, like, in boxing, like, as far as boxing stuff, I'm just working on, like, trying to – I guess trying to – well, it's, like, inside and outside of boxing, trying to get back to the beginning. Like, when I – in the beginning, it was all fun, like, just to see how far I could go. And then once I got, like, on Team USA and I won my first international gold medal – that's when I started putting like more pressure on myself. And then I wasn't doing as well as when I was in the beginning. So now I'm just trying to get back to that, like, just trying to have fun with it. Like if, you know, if I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. It's okay. Just as long as I gave it 100%.
0: I think that's so hard is to balance, you know, having goals and looking for the future and, you know, thinking about things like the Olympics, but also not getting so caught up in sort of the hubbub of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because like, Like, in the beginning, I was all about just, all right, like, just shrug my shoulders. Yeah, I'll do that tournament. Yeah, I'll do that. Just to see how far I could go. Like, it was never, I never put any pressure on myself, really. Until the recent, like, maybe year and a half, I put, like, so much pressure on myself. I would go into international tournaments, like, oh, I won the first one, I have to win this one. Like, you know, I would get nervous, like, more nervous than in the beginning. And now, like, talking to my sports psychologist, you know, putting this the meditation practices and visualizations, it's like helping me to not put so much pressure on myself. Now, like training, not this, not to say that training wasn't fun, but it's getting more fun. Like, or yeah, it's getting funner, and it's just it's just becoming a a, a better experience for me. Like, I feel better mentally
0: and physically, and you know, I, I feel good. Is going to the Olympics and you know winning a gold medal does that feel real to you? I mean, I asked that because you have started boxing pretty recently. I know you've done combat sports for a long time, but you know, this is a new goal yeah. to go to the Olympics and win a medal.
1: No, it's still like a hundred percent crazy for me. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really like visualizing myself on, on a podium right now, winning a gold medal or like, I'm really training hard right now to hopefully fight in the Olympics in a couple years. Like, it's it's a hundred percent like so crazy to me, but
0: you know I'm just rolling with the punches, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you mentioned the Olympic Training Center. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Uh, the Olympic Training Center is awesome. I wish I could live there, but hopefully next year I will. Um, but yeah, it's it's awesome. It's pretty much like college for sports. So you go there, like whenever they call me, I'm usually there for like a month at a time. So I'll go out there for a camp leading up to a tournament or sometimes just camp. And when I go out there, um, it's basically, like I said, like college for sports. You got a cafeteria. It's open all day. They make like pretty good food, healthy, some, some unhealthy because other people live there. It's like some people live there and they don't have to watch their weight. So they have like a bunch of food. <laughs> and then we train three times a day. So that's why I like try to keep that schedule here at home. And it's, like, in the morning, we wake up, like, 7, 8, well, 6.37, we do cardio, and then we'll have strength training, like, towards the later morning, and then we'll have a boxing workout in the afternoon, like, around 3, and then we'll have, like, the rest of the day. And then they try to implement some fun stuff for us, like, team building stuff, and we'll do that on, like, Saturdays, like, we'll do laser tag and stuff like that or bowling. And sometimes we do yoga on Fridays. So it's a lot of fun. And it's it's also just fun being around people that are at like the same level as you as far as like boxing, because I feel like boxers understand boxers. But then like when you're at an elite level where you're like traveling internationally training at the Olympic Training Center, like I feel like that's like a different level of understanding each other. So it's a lot of fun.
0: And and I would suspect that there aren't tons of women boxers at your level sort of just didn't where you live
1: um yeah well i live in new york city so there's a good amount of boxers here but um at my gym in particular there's only like uh well there's a good amount of us at my gym there's like four or five of us oh that's um, a lot yeah well four or five of us that like are competing and then there's a bunch of uh, of females that like are just training. So it's, it's, it's a good amount at my gym. And then across New York is pretty good, but in the United States in general, it's not that many, but it's definitely growing because
0: of women's boxing in the Olympics. So you're, you're on team USA. Have they been very supportive and do you feel that you're getting what you need from them?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I feel like, uh, like even in the beginning, like they were a hundred percent supportive. And even now, like I moved down a weight class from 141 to 132 and they were a hundred percent supportive because in the beginning I wasn't sure, like if I was going to go up or down in weight classes because of, um, in the Olympics, there's only five weight classes and my original weight class wasn't one of them. And so they were a hundred percent supportive. Like, uh, we have a nutrition staff there and, you know, they, they, you know, I spoke with them about me moving down and they said it's 100% possible and, you know, just being supportive like that. And also, like, if I need a strength program for when I'm at home, I can always email them or, or speak with my strength coach over there and they'll send me over a program. And, you know, when I'm at home, I never feel like, oh, um, you know, they forgot about me or anything. I can always email them or text them, like, videos of me training and they'll give me tips and stuff. So they're 100%
0: supportive. That's cool. I know that you have a coach at the Mendez Boxing Club. How do you work with him and also the coaches at the Olympic Training Center? How does that work out?
1: Well, my coach at home is also like 100% supportive. And whenever they call me to go to Colorado, he's like, go ahead, like, go ahead. He never wants me to just stay here because he actually wants me to live at the Olympic Training Center as well because he knows that my goal is the Olympics, so he's on board with that. And he knows, like, whatever it takes, like, whatever the Olympic Training Center, like, says goes pretty much. Like, if they want me to train out there for two months, like, he'll, he'll allow me to go because he, he knows that that's what it's going to take to make it to the Olympics.
0: Right, right. We talked a little bit about training, but not so much about what actually happens when you're doing the boxing training. Can you go over that? Like, what, are you, what kind of stuff are you working on?
1: Well, when I'm at home, it's a little different than when I'm at the Olympic Training Center. So when I'm at home, what I'll do is I'll do like five rounds. And when I say rounds, it's like three, three minutes. So three minutes and then one minute off is like one round. So I'll do uh, five rounds of um, jumping rope as a warm up. And then I'll do five rounds of shadow boxing. And then I'll do like three to five rounds hitting the mitts with my coach And then I'll do three rounds on each bag. So the heavy bag, the uppercut bag, the double-end bag, and the speed bag. So that's four bags. And then I'll do three rounds on each. And then I'll end it off with either jumping rope or jogging on the treadmill. And then I'll do like abs training, which is like um, sit-ups, crunches, different ab workouts. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what I do at home. And then at the Olympic Training Center, we do, like, a whole bunch of stuff. So we do, like, a variation of what I do at home, but they'll, like, throw in some stuff. So, like, instead of just hitting the bags, they'll throw drills at us. So, for example, they'll do, like, uh, 20 seconds of hitting the bag with speed and then, like, maybe 10 seconds of power, and they'll, like, switch it. So, like, that's just an example, but they'll do stuff like that. And we also do a lot of partner work at the Olympic Training Center. So, for example... um, We'll do like tic tacs, so we'll like be be standing in front of each other, and we'll each like. I'll try to hit my partner's shoulder, and they'll try to like move out of the way, and then they'll try to hit my shoulder. As an example, so we'll do a lot of partner
0: work like that. What do you think about the popularity of sort of boxing exercise classes?
1: Ah, uh, that's funny that you ask me that because I've literally got asked that like the past three days. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, I think that they are for certain people, like a certain demographic of people. Like, for example, people that only have 45 minutes or an hour of their day that they can dedicate to getting sweaty. (laughs) You know, yeah, it's for a certain demographic. Like, I wouldn't go there to train for a fight, that's for sure. And I wouldn't go there if I actually want to learn how to box. But there are certain people who love it and, like, swear by it. And, you know, I can't knock it and I actually have done like a, a rumble boxing class it was fun but yeah definitely not something that I
0: would do every day yeah is there anything that that's similar between those classes and and real boxing I mean is it like sort of a baby way to get into boxing mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh I wouldn't say it is because okay you're not learning you're not really learning boxing you're you know they're telling you what to do like okay I guess if you're doing like a, a one-on-one class but it's mostly group classes so they're not teaching you boxing they're like telling you okay jab right hand hook you didn't even teach me how to throw a hook so how am I going to throw this hook <laughs> like you right. know what I mean, everyone's just kind of looking around trying to figure out how to do certain things kind of thing and um it's more like just a high intensity it's like a boot camp like you know the person yelling at you and you're just doing what they're doing and it's high intensity and it is fun I'm not gonna lie it is fun but it's not something that I would do for like actually learning how to fight or like even learning how to box I would just go to an actual boxing gym and get an actual coach who knows yeah and honestly like like not to knock any of the people that are like training there but most of them aren't boxers they're fitness enthusiast or like people that have taken a class or two or whatever. And, you know, they go in there and they do their thing. And I'm not knocking it, but yeah, not for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let's say, you know, you're starting out boxing and you go to a boxing gym. What are they going to start you out with?
1: Um. So if they're a good coach, they'll start you out with the basics. So the basics are um, your stance, like how far apart your feet should be um, and what angle your feet should be how low you should be sitting down basically it's not sitting but it's like a sitting down kind of uh, pose I guess you could say how low you should be and then where your hand should be positioned so that's your basics and then like moving forward moving backwards moving side to side because you can't like move your front foot first if you're moving back so stuff like that and then um, eventually that throw some punches into that so like maybe moving forward your jab and stuff like that And those are the basics. And then just working slow, like working slow would be like teaching you your basics and then starting you with shadow boxing, not immediately
0: like hitting the heavy bag and stuff like that. What about tactics? When did you start learning tactics for a fight?
1: I started learning tactics for a fight. Um... hmm. I want to say after my first fight, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) Um, because, well, my first fight, it was in the Golden Gloves tournament here in New York. And And you did pretty well. Yeah, I I made it all the way to the finals. And then um, I fought in the Barclays Center. I fought a girl that's won the Golden Gloves like eight times. And that was like my first tournament. So I wasn't I was like super happy just to be in the building. Like it was crazy. But yeah, like like I said, in the beginning, it was literally just to see how far I could go. And. My coach, he's like a really good coach. He was, um, he's been coaching for like years. Like I've known him since I was like four years old. Like we lived on the same block, and he's been coaching like since then. So he's like really good. He knows this stuff. But at the time, it was I didn't think like I don't think he knew like, like the potential that I had. I guess you could say. So he was kind of just coaching me, just to coach me. And um, but once I started doing well, like with my boxing, he was like, oh, like you actually got some stuff going on here <laughs> so yeah like I think and nothing you know I love the guy he's still in my corner and everything but yeah it was like a kind of thing like oh like I don't know like what kind of you know do you actually want to do this kind of thing right so, yeah
0: yeah and uh, like how do you know when to or how do you make the decision I don't even know what the the right question is but you know like how do you know when to do a jab or a cross or an uppercut I mean like how are you making those decisions in the fight
1: Okay. So like, um, I guess it kind of comes with experience for sure, but the, there's like basics. So like jabs, you should always be jabbing. Um, um, like jabs are very important. So for example, um, they, they distract your opponent so you can throw the right hand. Um, they keep you busy so that the judges will be like, Oh, she's been jabbing the whole time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah they're just great for uh setting up other other shots so you can throw the jab as a power jab or you can throw it not lazy but as just a distraction so not so much power but just to kind of get it out there kind of things And that's just, it just comes with experience. Like a lot of people in the beginning, they're not jabbing at all. They're just like going straight for the kill with their like right hand and their power shots. And it's like, set it up with the jab and maybe you'll get the right hand. So, but it all comes with experience for sure. Like in the beginning, I wasn't jabbing that much. And then, you know, through experience, you learn that you have to.
0: So I want to switch a little bit to equipment. How particular are you about your gloves and, you know, the other equipment that you use?
1: Um, so my gloves, I'm pretty particular about like, I get gloves all the time now because like companies or like people would just send them to me, but I don't wear all of them because a, I have a lot, but then B it's like, I, I really need to make sure that my hands are like protected. So for example, the other day I sparred and forgot to wrap my hands up with the hand wraps and that was hundred percent my fault. Like I was just so excited to spar But I didn't notice that I didn't have hand wraps on until after. And I'm like, wow, good thing I had these gloves on because I could have seriously, like, injured or broken my hand. And that just goes to show, like, the gloves that I'm wearing, like, I make sure that they're good for my hands all the time. Because you can't make a mistake like that with cheaper or, like, bad quality gloves. And then... The headgear and all that other stuff like especially oh and also my my footwear so my my boxing boots i have to make sure that they're good because yeah you can get serious blisters on your feet with the drills that we do at the olympic training center if you're not wearing good boxing boots so
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i pretty much make sure like i'm not saying that the stuff that i'm wearing are like super expensive or anything like that but i just make sure that they're good quality and they're comfortable for me
0: right is there a, a fit issue with gloves Yeah,
1: definitely. So not so much a fit issue, but more of like a size issue. So gloves come in like a whole bunch of sizes. They start at like, I think the smallest you can get is like eight ounces. And then they go up like by twos. So eight, 10, 12, like that. So I wear 16 ounce gloves, which is like the normal glove size that you should wear when you're training, because when you fight, you fight in ten ounce gloves. So it feels so much better when you're actually fighting. But sometimes I'll sometimes when I'm at the Olympic Training Center, I'll pick up a fourteen ounce pair of gloves, and I don't like that because I feel like I think it's more like a, it might be a mental thing. Like I feel like there's not enough padding and stuff like that for to keep my hand protected, and also they're just not heavy enough for me. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Do you like competing? Yeah, I
1: love it. I've always loved competing. Like when I used to do taekwondo, we would compete. My dad would drive us around and we would compete with our um, martial arts or our taekwondo studio. We would go to these tournaments and stuff. So I've always loved it. And then like at the age of five years old, I had my first ever like karate tournament and I won a a six foot trophy. Like it was the first (laughs) trophy in sparring. And it was crazy. Like we, so we walked into the, into the um, tournament and I'm like, Dad, I'm going to win that trophy. I literally pointed out to her. I remember it like, I remember it clear as day. And I talk about it all the time to my dad. But I walked into the place. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to win that trophy. He's like, don't count your, what do you say? Don't count your chickens before they hatch or something like right. that. Right, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Dad, I'm going to win it. And then we, were, we literally hopped on the train and we had the trophy with us. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, Dad, I told you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think after that day, he stopped doubting me. <laughs> right, <laughs>
0: Uh, do you have any fights coming up
1: i'm trying to get a local fight here in new york but nothing lined up yet hopefully i'll be having fights uh in the summer and stuff
0: going into that mm-hmm. do you have to arrange the fights who, who does who does that
1: um so it depends here in new york i will or my coach will arrange fights for me and then internationally um USA team USA arranges those types of fights like they'll just call me and say hey we got like a fight for you or we have a position open for you or whatever and then they'll line that up and then um for national tournaments and stuff um no one really lines it up they're just national tournaments set up already and then um I'll either come up with the money to go well with my family or um the US or not the USA but the New York metro which is like um It's like the New York Yankees, I guess you could say, like there's the National League and then, yeah, there's the Yankees. So anyways, um, yeah, we got the New York uh, Metro that also helps pay for like stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are your goals sort of long term? I know that you're interested in the Olympics.
1: Yeah, um, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of bad that I'm saying it, but. It's kind of like my main my main goal right now. Not to say that I don't have other goals, like I do, but making the Olympics and then bringing home a gold medal is like my number one like goal of all goals. And then I guess I don't know. I just want to I just want to motivate and inspire other people. Like through this journey, I've learned a lot about myself, but I've learned a lot about others too. Like sometimes you just need that push to like do what you actually want to do. Like there's there's so many people out there that are like just living life not doing like what they want to do like they're so unhappy and not to say that you have to like quit your nine to five to be a a personal traveler or whatever but just do something that you like to do at least once a week like try to at least like there are people out there that you know they they love to run or they love to read but they don't read because of whatever and you know I just want to motivate people to just do what they what they like to do even if you don't want to be a professional at it, but just do it as a hobby. And that's what I want to motivate people to do. So I don't know, like, after boxing, I still want to motivate people to do what they want to do. So I don't know where that's going to lead me, but I definitely want to keep that going.
0: And how are you motivating people? Like, what what do you, what do you see as the, sort of the mechanism of that?
1: I think through my journey in itself, like, I started only four and a half years ago, and just through, like, hard work, and, you know, I just, I found something that I like to do, and I just kept doing it, like, that's, that's really, like, my main thing, like, I just found what I like to do, and I just kept doing it, and eventually, I started competing, and I just really just went with the flow, but I worked hard to get to where I'm at, and also, it wasn't easy, like, I'm still going through ups and downs, like, I'm now on a losing streak right now, so... I'm trying to get back on top, but it's all a, an uphill and downhill journey until you get to the top. So I think that's like one of the other main things. Like, it's not always going to be easy. It's not going to be like, oh, you just started and now you won a gold medal. Like, yeah, but now I'm going through a whole bunch of downs. Like, how am I going to bounce back from this? Like, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you've been really open on your YouTube channel about some of your struggles recently.
1: Yeah. Because, well, when I started my YouTube channel, I wanted it to be, like, a real thing. Like, I've always loved YouTube since a very young age. Like, I've always uploaded stuff. But when I started this channel, it was to show people, you know, a boxer's life, you know. And not just a professional boxer, but someone that's been in it for, like, forever. But I started it, like, the year that I started competing. So a year after I started boxing in general is when I started the channel. And I just wanted to be open about stuff. And, you know, people ask me, so I don't, you know, people are like, Oh, keep it to yourself, keep it to yourself. But, you know, it's, it's a real thing. People struggle with, you know, losing and people struggle with, Oh, how am I going to get back on top? And, you know, if I'm struggling with it, I'm pretty sure other people are. So might as well tell them about it. So they don't feel alone, you know? So yeah.
0: Have you gotten a good response? And what is your advice for getting back on top?
1: Yeah, I've gotten a good response for sure. You know, I don't I don't get too much hate honestly, so that's that's a good thing. So I've definitely gotten a good response. People are super supportive. And my advice to getting back on top is to get back to when it was fun cuz I think everybody had that Oh, this is so much fun. This is, you know, just going with the flow. I think everybody pretty much has that in them, you know, that fun moment. Even if it's just for a day or a week or a month, you know, they have that fun moment in whatever they're doing. So just get back to that. And then also, like, even if it wasn't all fun and games or whatever, I think for boxing in particular, and I guess you can take this with any sport, look at your best performances and look like watch them over and try to remember back to that day try to remember what you were thinking try to remember how you were feeling that day try to remember what your coaches were telling you in the corner kind of thing and try to just try to remember your best performance and remember that and then try to implement it into your your next fight or, you know, compare, you know, your worst performance in your in you know your opinion to your best performance and see what the differences are and then go with how you were feeling on your best day and then you know try to push that forward. And then also just just I feel like it's all about mental. So for example, one thing that I'm really dealing with is keeping my hands up. So for example, I'll throw a punch and I'll bring my hands down. Like I won't bring them back to my face. And that goes back to basics, just to point that out. That is something that you should learn in the very beginning, like something that should be drilled in you. But if it's not drilled in you, then later on, it's going to it's gonna um, hurt you. So now I'm dealing with it. And it's all about how you think about it. So my sports psychologist said, don't put so much pressure on yourself to keep your hands up. Like, oh, I got to keep my hands up. I got to keep my hands up. Make it a game for yourself. Like, so a lot of people that are hard on themselves are like usually competitive, so just make it a game for yourself, like, oh, how long can I keep my hands up? And then make it a game, and then usually you'll keep your hands up longer. It's definitely been working for me. So it's just all about switching how you're talking to yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that I would bet meditation helps with that, too, just focusing yeah. on the positive.
1: Definitely, 100%. Like Before I started meditating, um, well, even just after, I definitely noticed some differences with my meditation, like, um, I'm able to like sit still for like a long period, a longer period of time. Like not to say that I couldn't do it before, but now I'm able to sit still and not think about anything. just 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 be there. And um, it's definitely helping like being able to talk to yourself differently. Like if I'm being hard on myself, I'll switch the wording like immediately because you're thinking like all day and you don't even sometimes you don't even notice what you're thinking and being able to notice what you're saying to yourself and then being able to notice okay that's not the wording that I should be using and like switching it even like um so for example leading up to a fight I would always say oh I won last time I should be able to win this time but I shouldn't be saying that it should be like you know I prepared well I, I did what I have to do now let's go into this you know kind of kind of stuff like that do you get nervous? Mm, sometimes I do, but like in the fight, I'm not, I'm not nervous. But like in the beginning, I do sometimes, but I try not to get nervous. I try to just tell myself like, all right, you got this, you got this kind of thing.
0: Right, right. So you recently announced that uh, you've been signed by a modeling agency. And I find that so, first of all, it's so exciting. But second of all, it's really interesting sort of this combination of a model and a boxer.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Actually, when I was um, first, when I entered my first Golden Gloves tournament, there was a girl, um, I forget what weight class she was, but I think she was a model first and then she started boxing. So it was like a huge thing. Like they're, you know, kind of making a big deal out of it. Like, oh, how does it feel to be a model and a boxer kind of thing? But for me, I don't know. Like, I just got signed, yes, by Wilhelmina. So that's pretty crazy for me. I'm just like, whoa. It's super. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool. But Yeah. So for like the past two years, I'd say so many people were coming up to me like in different scenarios. So it would be like maybe the boxing gym or like tournaments or like just going out to dinner. People come up to me and either ask me if I were a model or like tell me, hey, you should model and stuff like that. And my gym is on 26th Street. So there's a bunch of modeling agencies around there and so there's this one guy in particular he would come up to me every single day and say did you bring did you bring your photos to that agency yet like every single day and I don't know I never really thought of doing modeling like when I was younger I did take like acting classes and stuff but I wasn't like passionate about it so I ended up stopping with that but yeah I never really thought of myself as a model and then someone was like yeah just do fitness modeling like that'd be perfect for you and then that's when I started like oh maybe I should do fitness modeling like that makes sense as like at least like a little bit of income on the side and then last year is when I was like all right I'm gonna make this a goal of mine even though I didn't put like a hundred percent effort into it I just made it a goal of mine to like get signed by Wilhelmina and then this year like I don't know I just commented on one of their pictures and then they like dm me back and was like hey come in tomorrow and then it was like
0: whoa yeah it was crazy <laughs> I mean I would think that the financial aspect is super important I mean no sport is cheap
1: Yeah, 100%, like boxing, I think boxing is one of the most expensive sports because you have to pay the gym, you have to pay your trainer, you have to pay for equipment, and equipment is not cheap at all. And then you have to pay for other things, like to be a top athlete, you have to, first of all, get enough rest, but you also have to get like massages, like that's super important. And, you know, it is is definitely like a luxury, but it's important for sure. And, you know, I don't get I get the best massages at the Olympic Training Center, but it's expensive here, especially in New York, to get stuff like that, to get like that recovery um, things that you need and then nutrition. So, yeah, it's super expensive. And being an amateur athlete, you're not getting paid top dollar, especially in a sport of boxing where like men are the most important thing to people. So, yeah, like modeling, I think it's going to be like a a good supplemental income for me. And I'm just excited definitely to to get the word, not like to just get people to be more motivated, more motivated. Like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm still amazed at how I've been able to get signed. And I just want people to know, like, you know, if I've
0: been able to do this, then you can do it, too. So cool. So what kind of shoots do you imagine doing?
1: Um, mostly like fitness stuff. So like, uh, I don't know, I guess like I want to do like campaigns for companies like Adidas or Under Armour mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I want to do like campaigns for them. And then like, I just actually did a shoot on Saturday with a fitness boutique. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, but they were doing like a a boot camp stuff. So I guess they're doing like, you know, those things where you can like uh, follow along with the person. Yeah. Like work out with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were shooting for that. So we did like two yoga classes and then um, like a boot camp type class. So yeah, it was pretty fun. And then just, I guess stuff like that would be like fun and ideal, meeting new people through the journey mm-hmm. and stuff.
0: It's also nice just, you know, in this discussion of having more representation of a diverse group of people in media and in campaigns like you're talking about. It's really exciting that you're you've signed up.
1: Yeah, I'm excited because... I think a lot of the opportunities that hopefully I'll be getting with um, with my agency, I don't think I would have been able to get on, on my own, I think, you know, and an extent, so maybe like a year and a half from now, you know, when I'm definitely on the Olympic team, or when I've definitely brought home a gold medal, then maybe those opportunities will come, but I think the earlier the better, so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I think this is going to be a great experience either way, but... I'm hoping that they'll be able to get me some good representation as far as like, you know, maybe being on some billboards or whatever, you know, I'm not expecting it next week, but you know, in the near future, hopefully.
0: Modeling sort of makes me think of another quote I read of yours, of you saying that you have never really liked public speaking, but you find yourself speaking a lot. I mean, has boxing helped you, you know, learn to speak out and, you know, modeling is certainly speaking out in a different way.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, boxing has definitely helped me to speak out. I think just being um, able—it's—it's actually pretty funny because I think for me, like my YouTube channel is like my number one way of being able to speak out. Like I feel so comfortable in front of the camera and just like talking. And it's funny because like my friends like they'll try to do YouTube videos and they're like so uncomfortable and they don't like it, but I love it for some reason. And I don't know. I guess that's like my number one way of doing it, but. I think with boxing, it's definitely helped me as well because when I go to these tournaments and stuff and, you know, coaches or or other boxers, you know, they come up to me and, you know, they they start a conversation with me. You know, you can't just sit there all awkward, you know, you just be yourself. And I think that's helped me. Um, You know, I've always been able to do it, but I guess like talking in front of like, you know, 50 people is kind of like nerve wracking. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes, I agree with you. You mentioned a a little bit uh, in a previous part of the conversation, you mentioned how boxing is mostly male. What are your hopes for women in boxing?
1: Well, I think, well, boxing right now is booming. It's crazy. Um, So... And literally this weekend coming up, there's going to be a female fight card on HBO for the first time ever. So that's crazy. And then Showtime has been awesome. They've been putting female fight cards on, on there on Showtime. Clarissa um, Shields is going to be on there. She's like a great inspiration for me. And then, yeah, so female boxing is definitely getting bigger. But I think by the next Olympics 2020, there's going to be a female fight card on like on every fight uh, card and then there's going to be at least females on, on TV. Like I think every couple of months now it's like I or to twice a year, but I think, I, th- I think by 2020 by the next Olympics, it'll be like every other month kind of thing where we're, we're going to be seeing females on TV boxing. Hmm. Interesting. I hope <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's important to get, get us on TV. Yeah. That's,
1: that's like the main thing. I mean, you know, Females aren't able to make the money that, you know, they could make in, let's say, MMA. That's why so many female boxers are going over to MMA because they're able to get on TV, which means sponsors want to sponsor them. You know, companies want to sponsor them because, oh, we can get publicity by just putting, uh, you know, uh, a patch on your shorts. Sure, we'll, we'll give you a couple thousand dollars. But with boxing, no one's on TV. The only way that we can see you is through your social media and if we actually go to the fight which only which limits that to like let's say I don't know let's say 10,000 and yeah that's not most companies are like oh no we want you to be on tv kind of thing so it just it's very limiting you know males are easily on tv with little (laughs) experience compared to some of the the females out there that are really really good.
0: Mm -hmm. Is there an organization that's pushing for more women boxing on tv? Like, who's um, making that happen?
1: Huh. I wouldn't say... Well, it's 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 kind of hard. It's, like, it, it's the promoter, and then it's the, the channels, the TV stations. So, yeah, it's HBO that's putting it on. So that's just huge for, you know, HBO to do that. And then Showtime has been really, really forward with doing that. So they've been putting Claressa Shields on TV every single one of her fights. Hmm. Um, so that's been amazing for her as well. And, yeah, it just... I, I don't know exactly who it is that makes these decisions, but whoever it is, they need to be making
0: more decisions. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So let's talk a little bit about food. I know that nutrition is important to you and I would expect, especially since you're cutting weight, how does that yeah. all work out?
1: Okay. I'm not going to lie. I do cheat sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that I feel like that's normal as long as you're not going overboard. But yeah, I do try to stay to a good schedule of eating so i actually practice intermittent fasting for the most part which is like when you're eating for a certain amount of time and then not eating for a certain amount of time as as opposed to like just waking up and starting to eat throughout your whole day so that definitely helps for me and it's helped a lot of people for sure I started doing it in the no in November when I first started cutting weight for to get down to 132 that was my first time so I'm like oh let me see how I can get this weight down and I just started looking up different ways and there's a whole bunch of different ways to eat like there's like the ketogenic diet there's like so many different diets out there but um yeah intermittent fasting it's really good and I recommend it to a lot of people because Just, you know, not to go into the whole conspiracy stuff, but, like, eating breakfast, you don't have to eat breakfast as soon as you wake up. Because, first of all, you're probably not even hungry. You probably just need to drink water. And, yeah, like, people, they're eating so many calories that they don't need to eat because they're, like, starting to eat at, like, 8 in the morning. And then they're not stopping until, like, 8 p.m., when you could literally crush that down into, like, 6 hours or 7 hours. But, Anyways, I you know
0: get back to what i was saying <laughs> so so what what is your window of eating like when do you start and when do you stop?
1: um I'll start around eleven to twelve is when I'll mm-hmm. start and then I'll stop around six seven right. um but it also depends on my like training or like my day so if i'm if I'm gonna be out of the house from eleven or from like let's say ten to three, then I'll obviously eat something like before i leave the house i'll eat something like right before and so yeah i just adjust it but i keep the hours pretty much the same so like six seven hours is when i the time that i'll be eating and then it just helps me because i don't eat that much anyway so i'm not like starving throughout the day i'm eating like pretty good and then you know i just eat normally like i'll eat like eggs oatmeal yeah stuff like that and then for dinner i'll eat like salmon Um, a lot of vegetables, fish, stuff like that. I don't eat um, meat, actually, so I guess it's not that normal. (laughs) I don't eat, like, pork, chicken, beef, stuff like that,
0: but I do eat fish. Do you eat during your workouts, like, at the gym?
1: No, no. I ate one time before a workout, like, maybe it was, like, 30 minutes before a workout, and I felt like I was going to throw up. So (laughs) I don't do that anymore. Um, I pretty much eat, like... The most I'll eat before a workout is an hour before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'll do that. But most of the time I'll eat like after my workout. So I, when, so for example, when I'm at the Olympic Training Center, we eat like a, we. I actually eat more at the Olympic Training Center than at home. So when I'm at the Olympic Training Center, we'll eat like after every single workout. And then we'll have like two hours, three hours in between. And then we'll uh, go to our next workout. Sometimes less time than that. But yeah, we have enough time in between where we can eat after every workout.
0: And how much work is it to cut weight to your new class before about, I mean, are you having to cut 10, 10 pounds?
1: Yeah. So for me, I'm cutting about 10 pounds, which might be a lot to some people, but it's not that much compared to like some other people that I know that are cutting weight at the amateur level. Um, But yeah, I'm cutting about 10 pounds and it is a good amount of work. It's more discipline than anything. um, As far as like the foods that I can and can't eat, I feel like that's like a major thing. Like, when I'm struggling to cut weight, it's mostly because I just had pizza yesterday. Like, you sh- you know you shouldn't eat a pizza station. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, like, the main thing. And then as far as, like, working out, like, I have to do a lot of cardio. Um, running is, like, the main thing that I do, like, running and then the Stairmaster. Like, basically cardio stuff that I can do, like, to make me sweat a lot and lose a lot of calories. That's, like, the main thing. And then, like, it's it's definitely not for everybody. Like, if I could stay at 141, I definitely would, but... Yeah, I gotta I gotta do what I gotta do. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Very
0: cool. I really appreciate it. It's really exciting for me to talk to a boxer and, and talk to you and with all your exciting stuff happening.
1: Yeah, thank you. No, I, I really had a good time and I was really looking
0: forward to speaking with you as well. Great. Well, I'm certainly going to follow you and uh, keep track of what's up. Thank you. Thanks to you for listening. Tell your friends about the podcast. Spread the word about fantastic, strong women speaking up and doing amazing things. Please subscribe on iTunes and encourage people you know to do the same. It really does help more people find the podcast. There are some fun episodes already in the can, so keep listening. Thanks to Agnes Studio, the blog, She Rides Her Bike, gold mines, and Leap Strategies for super support and partnerships. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Bye-bye. Hey there, my
1: name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1